This is the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Innovation? Yeah, innovation. New, original, and creative. This podcast is designed to challenge the way you think about how healthcare is delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. I'm your host, Ryan Jury. We are about to explore practical solutions and hear about how out-of-reach results are obtained. Welcome to this installment of the Coleman Associate Innovation Podcast. Again, we'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. If this installment is meaningful to you, we ask that you share it via social media or in a short text to a colleague who might benefit. Many of our lives have been disrupted by 2020, in some cases personally and in other cases professionally. Our time has become extremely important, and in order to help you with that, we have designed a few short installments called Innovation Moments. The intent of these episodes are to be brief and rich with innovative ideas to improve clinic workflows. In 2020, there's plenty of news, ideas, and dialogue about COVID-19. Our jobs are to build systems that give our patients the confidence that things can and will be done in a way that is accurate, efficient, and safe. This installment will focus on some unique changes to the front desk operations. Amanda Laramie will share with us some of those front desk tweaks that we can all do, modify, or tailor to our health center operations. Amanda? One health center organization who we worked with about six years ago called us and told us, you know, chart prep and pre-reg is where it's at, like during Mm -hmm. COVID. We're like, what do you mean? They're like, so we used to chart prep before, but now we're chart prepping like 2.0 with COVID. And we're like, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? They're like, We have literally changed our cycle times, the total time the patient's in the building, from 40 minutes to 15 because our staff is so motivated to get a hold of patients before they come in and do their intake over the phone, do their pre-reg over the phone, do everything we would normally do before the provider starts with the patient over the phone. And these patients are in and out of here in 15 minutes because it's like a public safety issue. And our staff have this super high catch rate, essentially, mm-hmm. to reach patients because they're like super motivated to get them on the phone. They're calling multiple times and getting them on the line. So this organization that has 18 health centers has done the best job we've heard of in terms of getting this done just because they've taken chart prep and just moved it to super like COVID world robust status. So when you're saying chart prep you mean like pre-registration intake maybe medical assistance intake i mean this is more than just calling someone and registering them over the phone yeah so it's more than pre-reg it's more than just that like front desk stuff it's definitely Mm -hmm. you know more intake but they're like what's everything we can do before the patient comes in Amanda, can you can you maybe break down a little bit for me what pre-registration is then? I mean, I think pre-registration makes sense, but could you maybe concretize this a little bit for me and like give me some elements of what pre-registration looks like? Well, I think so pre-registration again is not something new for certain health centers. I mean, particularly health centers who we've worked with a number of years ago cuz pre-registration is something Coleman Associates has been pushing for a while under this concept that like, why would you have a patient come in and spend time filling out paperwork or sitting in the waiting room because it's not value added time. We call that non-value added time when you're just sitting doing stuff that, you know, you don't need to be doing for your visit. You come in, you want to see the provider. That's what you're there for. 
But now with COVID, it's even worse to have someone sitting in the waiting room <laughs> for an unnecessary period of time, touching clipboards, touching pens, touching mm -hmm. paperwork. You know, I think what's kind of an opportunity with COVID is seeing that there's this other safety reason to not have all these events or things that a patient mm -hmm. uh, needs to do prior to the right. visit I, in the okay. clinic. So pre-reg is just doing that ahead of time before the patient comes in. And I think health centers are finding all these different ways to do that. But the, the basic concept is don't have someone come in to fill out paperwork or sign something or sit in the waiting room. Just have them come in to go to the exam room and see the provider. So, so what does that require of a health center to do um, prior to a visit? I mean, how do you get away from the paperwork and just the traditional way of bringing a patient in? Mm -hmm. Well, again, there's different ways. Some people are exploiting technology and figuring out how to do some of that paperwork and consents um, digitally, like electronically before they come in. So some people okay. are more advanced than others and have a platform to do that. Okay. Um, other people who may not be in that position to offer a form that a patient can digitally sign or consent to or whatever in advance are doing um, some of it over the phone. Like there are some places who have, and you always have to check with your regulatory bodies about what you can get like attestations for over the phone. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you're doing a social or medical history, some people are doing that by calling the patient and just taking it verbally over the phone. Um, okay. So it depends. So you could do it over the phone, do it digitally. Other places were saying, you know, first take a really close, critical look at the paperwork you have and make sure <laughs> every question you're asking is necessary because when sometimes people look at it, they find that, oh my God, this question is on this form and this form and this form and we're asking mm -hmm. it three times. So now right. all of a sudden when I'm going over it on the phone with the patient, you're realizing how redundant it is and patients have always noticed this and they're like, how many times do you want me to fill out my address? You know, you know so to reduce it, like only make sure you're only asking the questions that are necessary and that you need to be asking um, to follow your guidelines and, and get the appropriate UDS information. So if they're doing this over the phone, are they just then filling out the information in the system and then printing it out and just having the patient sign the form when they come in? Yeah, sometimes if the patient needs to sign it. Um, some, you know, it depends on what the patient needs to sign, what they don't need to sign, what some health centers have done. And this was pre-COVID. I had a health center in California who said like, you know, this medical and social history form that we ask all our new patients I'm asking that anyway when I get back into the hmm. exam room provider with the EHR record. So they right. just decided to eliminate it altogether because they were going to go over it either with a medical assistant or the provider and basically get that sign off that it was correct and received from the patient. So they didn't have to sign it, but I we would always recommend that you just check with your compliance hmm. department on what needs to be signed and what doesn't. So I think there's a lot of discussion about checking a patient out. Should it be done at the front desk? Can it be done in the back? I mean, obviously, now in this COVID world, there's some clunkiness to that in the new kind of social distancing workflows. So can you maybe talk a little bit about checking out in the back? I think that one thing that's that we're seeing that's happening is everyone is starting to look at the visits differently. Like, okay, where, yeah, where everyone used to see 
some somewhat like assembly line medicine practice, you know, mm-hmm. they check in here, they go get their vitals in a vital station, then they go in the room, then they go out and they check out or they pay or whatever it is, or they get their mm-hmm. labs on. Um, okay. mm-hmm. I think that people are viewing the assembly line differently because that's more people who have to touch the patient, more mm. places the patient has to go, more risk for exposure. So I think that's the challenge with COVID is everyone's looking at it differently as we can't let this patient go to so many places anymore. Okay. So you had mentioned something about vital sign stations and, you know, I think maybe even checking out the back. What does that, what does that look like? Well, I think some health centers have a, a separate spot where they go and take patients' vitals. So stop in the hallway for a scale, or sometimes there's the, a chair or cubby where they get like their blood pressure taken or their pulse mm-hmm. taken. You know, that's another stop where you have to disinfect it or, or, you know, there's someone in the hallway and what if someone else passes them and you're trying to keep social distancing with six feet. So I think okay. the vital station presents that problem. And then check out, you know, I think a lot of people used to have a patient exit the exam room and stop at the front again to pay or, or something and, um, or even make it a follow-up appointment. Okay. And that's another stop that really isn't necessary. So what you're saying is we're just creating another line, another line to manage to think about, is there social distancing? Do we need to put stickers on the floor? How can we get rid of this line? Is there any way that you've seen health centers stop checking out in the back? Well, I think what some health centers are doing, there's something we've recommended actually long before COVID, which is to not move the patient because it's not a patient satisfier anyway to have to get up, get down, get up, get it, get down and go to different places. What we're seeing them do now though, because they're kind of forced to, is check out patients in the exam room um, and, and just take care of everything as if it's the patient's office, you know, like bring all the services to the patient, almost like dental has always done, which is trying to do everything around the dental chair because do everything around the chair. That's a, that's an interesting workflow that we already have established, right? So I guess it would be kind of weird to have a patient work or be in one dental chair, then move them to another dental chair for another part of their procedure, then move them to another chair. I mean, that's a workflow that exists that we can already understand and see. Yeah. And one step further, because I guess, you know, in a lot of dental offices, even if they're bringing all the services to the chair, there still might be a, okay, I'm done. Go to the, to the front desk, make your follow-up appointment. Mm -hmm. Although some dental practices do just do the appointment right there while they're laying in the chair and this, you know, you're already logged into your computer. You're already in the patient's record. I mean, there's advantages to doing that follow-up appointment while the patient's there, while you're already in the record. It just requires cross training for the staff to know how to make the appointment and not silo that function to only someone who works at the front desk can make a follow-up appointment. What changes can you make at your health center? I really learned a lot and enjoyed the comments about dental. When we're trying to be innovative, we don't always have to be original. We can steal ideas or other workflows from other aspects of our health center. The benefit would be then that you already have a subject matter expert and plenty of coaches to help implementing the patient office concept. So go talk to your dental team. Thank you, Amanda, for your insights on some front desk tweaks that we can all do. Thank you, Jonathan at Bionic Squid for helping with this podcast production and happy innovating. Please build systems that give our patients the confidence that things can and will be done in a way that are accurate, efficient, and safe.